Lucas Meyer, straight to the dome, Democrat strategist and advisor, one of our political analysts and all stars. And Lucas, all the way, uh, by the way, mark your calendar, please, for Tuesday the 23rd. We're going to be, I guess we can announce this, we're planning to be at St. Anthony College Institute of Politics doing the show live in that night. I'd love you to be one of our analysts as uh, some of the numbers come in. But let's switch gears and go back. Good morning. How are you? Oh, living the dream. I, ho- I hope I don't dis- disappoint your national audience here, you know. I'm- you're putting the pressure on me, Jack. No, and I, I know you're not going to go down and <laughs> take that um, that advisor's job for Bill Belichick at the Patriots before the Steelers game tonight. I know you turned that one down. <laughs> That's, that is that is 100% accurate. Hey, before we get into politics, two documentaries I've asked you. Have you seen um, oh, with The Rock, is it called Ballers? Have you seen that doc where he plays uh, like yeah, an I agent? Ballers, yeah. Isn't that, a, isn't that hilarious? That's a great, that was one of those shows put on being like, I don't know if I'm going to this and then i didn't oh. i watched the whole thing it's a great series oh my goodness about like nfl agents and players out of miami and then of course quarterback all right lucas let's stay let's keep local for a moment let's let's go local there was some news this week and uh where do you want to start well we had the i mean the first big marker of the state election cycle was this week around the campaign uh finance filings this is where we get a chance to see how the campaigns are running uh, how much uh, donor support they're attracting or how much grassroots donor support they're attracting, how much cash on hand do they have, how quickly are they spending their money. Uh, and it certainly did not uh, underwhelm uh, across the board uh, this week. We had gubernatorial candidates on both sides of the party raising a million, two million dollars, which, you know, every as the, as the hours progressed, everybody was breaking each other's records. Um, so, Right now, it looks like it's going to be a very well-financed race, uh, primary race across the board. You know, we had Kelly Ayotte announce, you know, $2 million raised, um, which is not uh, very surprising to me, considering when she was a U.S. senator, she raised $17 million and has been sitting on corporate boards for a number of years. Uh, Plus, New Hampshire has pretty, (laughs) I don't think I'm saying anything controversial here, pretty relaxed campaign finance laws. Mm-hmm. Um, especially something we call the LLC loophole here in New Hampshire. And if you look through Kelly Ayotte's filing, you know, you would see the same business repeated from Portsmouth and Rochester and Salem. Uh, and each of those individual LLCs donating up to $15,000 to her. And then, you know, whoever owns those LLCs can donate again. So we're talking big bucks here and sort of, you know, the ultra rich and wealthy corporations, LLCs are able to maximize and multiply their contribution power by funneling money through these LLCs. We tried to pass a bill to add some transparency around that in 2019 and Governor Sununu vetoed it. Um, so I think we, this kind of confirms what I had been thinking about this race, that it's going to be a ton of money. Um, but I always, you know, you always come back to, like, what is their actual ground game going to look like and what will their message look like? Uh, and on the Republican side, I wouldn't discount uh, Senate President Chuck Morris, who raised a good chunk of change himself and attacked uh, Kelly Ayotte right off the bat um, with his with uh, his campaign manager's press release after the filing. And on the Democratic side, uh, you have uh, Mayor Craig edge out uh, Councillor Warmington. Uh, but both of them are going to be able to run uh, well-financed campaigns into the summer um, and into the fall again. So, you know, you, the, this is going to be one of the marquee races in the country. So that, that's, that was some of the big stuff I picked up on uh, early this week. 
Well, let me ask you, because we just had uh, someone from the Republican side on analysis talk about this, and he admittedly is is with um, Kelly Ayotte, but that I don't have him right in front of me, but 2.7 something, 2.74 million for Ayotte, 900,000 for Morris. But with Joyce Craig, big name, mayor of the state's largest city, I think 1.2 million, and then Cindy Warmington, just over a million. So big, impressive numbers, actually, if you ask me this early, which was yeah. your point, but does that number, that Kelly Ayotte number, is uh, up by a little over everyone? Is that a is that an indicator like she's going to have no issue raising money or, or you oh, know? Yeah, I mean this this gets back to being a U.S. senator for six years and running the her twenty sixteen race where she lost to Senator Hassan was one of the biggest races in the country. Those relationships don't go away. Um, you know, a U.S. Senate race is going to be cheaper, or sorry, more expensive than a governor's race. Um, but the limits in state now for campaign contributions are much higher than they are for um, a U.S. for for U.S. Senate races. So I think for the campaign itself, the campaign proper, I think she will raise a ton of money. Yeah. Plus, I mean, if you're on the News Corp, you know, the Fox News Corp board, you know, the other people sitting around the table don't have thin pockets, and their friends don't have thin pockets. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be able to capitalize at her own peril there, right? Because then you open yourself up to the contrast of, you know, I think you will hear corporate Kelly a lot over the next year. Um, so I think um, uh, that will be, you know, that that's a double-edged sword there. But the spend rate is also really high. Mm-hmm. Campaigns are spending a lot of money this early. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a very deep dive through these filings to see where that money is going. Um, I imagine there's some staff and some research. Uh, but, you know, the one thing Kelly Ayotte can't fundraise against is, you know, State House Republicans introducing a 15-day abortion ban, uh, which is wildly unpopular. Mm-hmm. And whether that has a chance or not, that's going to be the narrative, and that's going to force the conversation. Yep. And I think, again, as the primary heats up with uh, the presidential primary starts to head towards, you know, actual election day, She's going to have to start answering questions about Donald Trump. Chuck Morrison's going to have to answer questions about Donald Trump. Uh, so it's going to be messy, but um, certainly not short of excitement. Hey, let me ask you, Lucas Meyer, a great sport on this stuff. Um, the question I asked the analyst on the presidential primary, albeit a Republican primary focus, given the debate last night and the number of Republicans running here, but it, you know the state well. So I'm going to ask you, just like I asked uh, Neil Ovec, uh, and a, um, a couple of the analysts earlier, uh, Brad Card and others. Okay, so I hear two schools of thought, Lucas, on the Republican primary here, January 23rd, Tuesday, the first in the nation presidential primary. Two schools of thought. One is no one is going to catch Donald Trump. No one is going to come close. Donald Trump wins New Hampshire, and he and not even close. The other school of thought is uh, from Governor Sununu that he is going to endorse Likely Nikki Haley, it could be beginning of the week, and there's enough time And with independent voters and that super PAC targeting independent voters in New Hampshire who could vote in the Republican primary for, for, for example, a Nikki Haley, Sununu targeting independents, that Sununu can make this a race between presumably a Nikki Haley and a Donald Trump going down to the wire. What do you say? I think the Sununu bump argument is, like, factually inaccurate. Like, I think there's, like, there is actual data to back up that, like, his endorsement doesn't move Republican voters. That's not Lucas Meyer's opinion. That is what literal 
pollsters have tested that people, sure, they like the governor. When they ask the following question, will his endorsement impact your decision? Uniformly, people say no. Um, you've also seen it down ballot in races the governor has endorsed in, has not mattered at one iota, as far as I can tell. I mean, the, but does, I, I kind of separate that from, like, can, Nick, can Nikki Haley close the gap? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I imagine the voters who are, le- like, what voters are leaving DeSantis for her versus, like, I mean, I, I think if Christie drops out, that probably helps Haley. But who knows? I mean, I, I just don't know if there's enough time. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not persuaded that Donald Trump isn't going to win Iowa and New Hampshire. I think there's more of a chance for an upset in Iowa just because of the, like, machine politics, boots-on-the-ground nature of a caucus where you have to have yeah. actual political muscle on the ground. And, and you know, well, I just like don't see it anymore. I don't want to jump ahead to the general, but if it does come down to, even though a lot of the polls nationally show most people don't want this as their choices, if it does come down to, ironically, Biden and Trump again, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is the independent out there, but not really anyone. Maybe maybe Manchin doesn't involve. Maybe third. Maybe the no labels doesn't really get a third party going. I don't know. Um, the polls show that Trump has a chance of beating Biden in the general election. Do you? Do, I know it's early, but do you think that? Do you think there's a? Do you, are you worried about your nominee if if it's Biden against Trump? I mean, I would. Uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> who who isn't nervous, Jack? I mean, <laughs> I think everyone's nervous everywhere. Yeah. There's anxiety about this race. I mean, yeah. I think because both yeah both sides see the like see the gravity of it, and I I tend I hope I continue to hope that people will really realize how dangerous Donald Trump is to our democracy and to our, like, institutions and norms. Oh, now, now you sound um, like Liz Cheney. No, I'm kidding. Hey, real quick, before I, <laughs> before I let you go, um, I think I just got a text from Jonathan Kraft during this segment. He goes, I like Lucas. He played some college ball. Tell him it's like the movie Ballers. I, we don't want to deal with a representative. Player personnel position. It's 475 a year base, and you can still do your other stuff in New Hampshire. Uh... You're, you're not going to take it because you're you're a Giants. What, what are you, by the way? What fan? I'm a giant. I'm a Giants guy. But like you know, I like but as much as <laughs> as much as like I really I do like Belichick. He's also a Giants guy. He coached LT back in the '80s and early '90s. I know. I well, okay. Okay. So tell me tonight, Steelers Patriots, rather predictable in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, I oh man, like it seems it seems like a tough team for them to beat, uh, but like. Oh, come on. Lucas, I'm a Patriots fan. I love Belichick and everything that's been done. But last week against the Chargers, the the Chargers. Pats win 10 7. Chargers (laughs) have been one of the most anemic teams. They come into Foxborough at home, and the Patriots can't get one point on the board. I was disappointed. I mean, that was a rainy day, but I I hope to see Pats Nation come out more for the team after a decade of dominance. All right, buddy. Be good. All right, Lucas Meyer, straight to the dome. If people want to contact you, best way is. Lucas S. Meyer on Twitter or uh, CatalystAdvocacy.com. Appreciate it, Jack. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon.